and welcome to the Women's Center's Convo, a podcast hub that shares helpful insight for survivors, community members, and service providers alike, formerly known as Wednesday Workshop. Convo stands for Creating Opportunities for Nonviolent Outcomes, and we invite you to learn more about this initiative on Instagram at convo underscore TWC. The Women's Center is based out of Waukesha, Wisconsin. We welcome and serve survivors of all ages, races, gender identities, sexual orientations, abilities, nationalities, and immigration statuses. The mission of the Women's Center is to provide safety, shelter, and support to empower all impacted by domestic abuse, sexual violence, child abuse, and trafficking. Each session will feature instruction on a healing topic. This week, our topic is Ways in Which We Cope 2.0. We are your hosts. My name is Mo, and I'm the Advocacy Specialist with the Women's Center. And I'm Aspen, Survivor Advocate at the Women's Center. If you have tuned in to us previously, you might have heard a little bit about different coping skills as we talk about coping a lot on the podcast. You may have even listened to the original podcast episode about coping skills that we released in early 2020. We wanted to revisit this topic in 2024 along with some other past podcast topics that you'll see we released this month and next. So what exactly is a coping skill? This may be something that you are already familiar with. You may already be practicing some specific coping tools in your own life. Coping tools are essentially what we use, either consciously or unconsciously, to deal with stress or trauma to help manage painful or difficult emotions. We know that we all cope with things in different ways depending on the stressors that are at hand and what works best for us. Coping tools are also the combination of thoughts we have and the actions that we take to deal with difficult situations. They can manifest as behaviors, thoughts, or emotions that are used to adjust to triggers or changes in our lives. Oftentimes in our culture, we hear about either, quote, good or bad coping mechanisms. But in the ways in which we cope, they may be more complex than falling into those two categories, especially in the face of trauma. I like to think of coping tools more in terms of survival versus sustainable meaning that sometimes when we're really struggling, we may end up reaching for that quicker fix, and that's okay. For example, many people utilize exercising and eating well as a way to deal with stress or trauma, and this is often deemed as one of those good or sustainable coping tools. So let's say, for example, that I use those tools most of the time, but perhaps there are certain instances where I'm feeling more drained by stress and I don't have the energy to cope through movement or cooking a healthy meal. Perhaps in the moment I'd rather lay down in front of the TV with a pint of ice cream because it brings me comfort. For some, this may be considered a bad coping tool, but there have been times where I've been down on myself for reaching towards a more survival-based coping tool rather than something that's considered better. With this mindset, again, I may end up feeling shame over my choice of coping tool or stress myself out more trying to overextend myself in order to fit that social norm, in order to be better, good, whatever it may be. While we may not want to use survival coping tools every single time we're stressed and it may cause problems down the line, as long as we're not hurting ourselves or other people, it truly is okay to reach for that quick fix without shame when we need it. If we must choose between survival coping or not coping at all, it's okay and encouraged to lean on survival. 
While we may have goals to move into more sustainable coping tools, it's valid if your only goal in the moment is survival, and we see you and we're rooting for you. Part of the healing journey is figuring out which coping skills still serve you, which tools you might want to change course on, and what new strategies can accompany you in the next leg of your journey. That is absolutely true. Now, for the remainder of this podcast, we're going to spend some time discussing sustainable coping tools. To start that process, we have a few guidelines that can help figure out what truly is helpful for you. First one being establishing some strategies that you know are effective for you. It can really help to identify and practice strategies for calm when you're already in that level state of mind. Coping isn't always reactionary. Rather, it can be a preventative or precautionary measure. Basically, we can utilize coping skills when we're feeling okay too. In fact, practicing coping in calm times can help us get more in gear when there are times of stress or crisis. With that being said, coping strategies are not one size fit all. So what works for me may not work for Mo, and that might not work for you, or it might. Everyone is different, so it's really important to examine those possibilities and eliminate those that don't work for you. Take what you need and leave behind what doesn't work. There are two categories of coping called problem-focused coping and emotion-focused coping. Problem-focused coping involves handling stress by facing it head-on and taking action to resolve that underlying cause of it. Strategies that aim to remove or reduce the cause of the stressor are part of problem-focused coping. This might look like problem-solving, time management, or obtaining social support so you can make those decisions to handle that stressor. Emotion-focused coping involves regulating your feelings and emotional responses to the problem, instead of focusing directly on the problem at hand. This can really help you work through emotions and reactions to stressors, especially when there are circumstances that we cannot change or control. There's a lot that is outside of our control that we don't have the opportunity to change. But knowing that we have that ability to process through it and work with those emotions and reactions that we're having truly is crucial in helping us cope during a stressful time. Distraction is a technique that might be familiar for some listeners. This differs from numbing or avoiding difficult emotions because we will still address the emotions and or the situation, but we're taking some time to make sure we've got the energy needed to take it on. Sometimes a stressor is too overwhelming to immediately take on, and that's okay. You're not lesser for acknowledging this. Distraction creates some distance from that source of emotional distress so that you're able to more effectively process those uncomfortable feelings. These techniques might include removing yourself from the triggering space, stepping outside and going for a walk if it's safe to do so, switching tasks and coming back to the overwhelming one later, and more. You deserve to do what you need to to be able to reground yourself. The next thing that we want to look at is soothing, and this can be done both externally and internally. So when we say external soothing, we're talking about things outside of yourself that provide you with some comfort. Again, this can look like grounding exercises that we've mentioned in other podcasts, like the 5-4-3-2-1 technique, or deep breathing. And this can also look like making art, listening to music, exercising, or connecting with safe supports. Internal soothing is something that comes from within you and your inner dialogue with yourself. 
that can look like changing harsh inner dialogue to a more positive reframe. For example, you may be down on yourself for laying around all day or, quote, doing nothing. But a good reframe of this is perhaps recognizing that you needed the rest and that not every single moment of your life has to be filled with productivity. Over time, these small adjustments can begin to positively impact our worldview and how we think of ourselves. While we're coping with stress or trauma, rewarding yourself for the hard work you're doing is so important. Dealing with trauma is exhausting. It can take a lot out of you and become overwhelming if you don't have some positive along the way. This can look like simply recognizing that you've been through a lot and that you deserve good things in life. When experiencing abuse, many survivors are told the opposite. These rewards don't have to be grandiose, and they don't have to be for grandiose things. Maybe you decide to put on your favorite outfit to feel good about the fact that you got out of bed. Maybe you make yourself a warm cup of tea or spend time with one of your hobbies because you made it through a hard day. That said, even if you didn't get out of bed, you still deserve to practice self-care and gentleness with yourself. Being here, being alive is enough, and you can feel proud of that too. All of this is to say, be gentle with yourself. Recognizing where you may have picked up coping tools, assessing if they're more survival-based or sustainable, and how you learn to respond to stress in navigating your healing journey takes time and energy in itself. Allow yourself the room to grow, be gentle, and remember that healing isn't linear. You're doing the best that you can, especially in a difficult situation. Go at your own pace and find what works for you, remembering that, again, coping isn't one-size-fits-all. On our website, we will link downloadable coping skills worksheets that may help you identify where you're at and where you may end up growing. Sometimes having a worksheet that allows us to look inward and take inventory can be really helpful, as well as having a sort of cheat sheet to refer back to when we're stressed and may not remember all the tools that work for us. However you cope, we're rooting for you. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Stay tuned to our website for future episodes and feel free to take a look at our past episodes too. The Women's Center focuses our work in partnering with clients to overcome barriers and gain a life free from violence. Our work is grounded in equity, upheld by inclusion, accountability, self-reflection, and continual growth. We believe that it is important for survivors to feel seen and heard. We believe that Black Lives Matter because we cannot end violence without addressing the distinct injustices that Black and Indigenous people of color face. We know that all forms of oppression are ultimately connected, and when we center individuals most impacted, we are also supporting survivors who have faced any form of violence. While we are not experts in anti-racism work, we aspire to be allies in this movement. We all have a responsibility to contribute to unlearning racism and intersecting forms of oppression that take place in our communities. If you would like to talk with an advocate about your own experience with abuse, please call our 24-hour hotline at 262-542-3828. Learn more about the Women's Center at www.twcwaukesha.org and find the resources mentioned on this episode by clicking Resources, then Podcasts on our website. 
If you're in the greater Milwaukee area, we also host an in-person Wednesday workshop on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. This is by pre-registration only, so please call the hotline and ask to speak with one of us for more information. Feel free to check out some of our new upcoming groups too. Thank you so much for listening and be well.